Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name Karen Isn't Always Right when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hey everybody, it's Christopher here with another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. This week we've got Maya coming to us. Maya and I go way back. Uh, we used to study martial arts together and over the years she's become a dear friend. And in fact, uh, Maya is um, a big reason why I was able to start up this podcast because she used to work at a radio station uh, that was actually putting on a class, an all-day class on how to create your own podcast. So Maya, a huge, huge thank you to you for that. Uh, Maya herself is in customer service, and uh, she shared uh, many stories that she has of dealing with some of the more challenging aspects of uh, the day-to-day business of customer service. So, hope you enjoy. I always do. And uh, here How's it going today? It's going all right. Good. Uh oh, we have an echo. So I was about to say I can hear the echo. Why am I in surround sound? I'm terrified enough of that. Let's uh, turn the volume off. Okay. Okay. It's still recording me though, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. So we're still we're still live. (laughs) So uh, thanks for coming on. Karen isn't always right. It's good to have you here. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I was thrilled to hear about you doing this. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, Maya and I go way back, and I'll let you tell everybody how we we know each other (laughs) and tell you tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, we were in karate together. Well, I mean, technically it was kung fu, but um, I think it was like what 2001. So yeah, right around there. 2001, 2002. And we've just been friends ever since um, through multiple life changes. Right now, I am a project manager um, with and for my dad. And um, I'm also an actor. And uh, so those are uh, a good chunk of my time goes towards that right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. How long have you been acting? Well, technically, since I was like five. Okay. But, um, and I've done shows... uh, on and off for several years and interestingly enough my high school um, had quite a few big names come out of it at around the time I was there so well not at the time but like I went to high school with an Avenger and which um, one um, I don't feel comfortable saying it I went to high school with someone in Ant-Man really I'll say his name David Desmolchen Okay. He was in Ant-Man, he's been in Dark Knight, he was in Prisoners, he's been in, he's in the new Suicide Squad coming up. Oh, the Birds of Prey one? Uh, no, um, Suicide Squad 2. Oh. But, uh, he okay. will be the Polka Dot Man. Oh. It's an obscure that's but important a role. Yeah, okay. That's a thing. But, uh, yeah, and then other people came out of my, um, Ant-Man himself came out of my hometown. 
Paul oh, Rudd. that's right. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis, Rob Riggle. Okay. Yeah. Anna yeah. went to a, went to high school with a couple people who were on the Real World. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> those are the uh, yeah yeah. Uh, like I think the year after me, uh, Jeremy Strong graduated, okay. yeah. and then um, Emily uh, Halpern, who wrote Book Smart, she was a friend of mine, yeah. and then. Um, Stephen Brackett, who who directed the first production of Be More Chill on Broadway, okay. he came out, and then The Avenger. Those those were like within. They're in my yearbook. Listen to us dropping names over Ooh. here. But anyway, so um, I, I I did a little bit in high school, and then I think more seriously within the last five six years, I was just kind of like, hmm, what's this thing? Oh, this is fun. And then I got serious about it, and I don't know why. But yeah. here we are. I initially uh, went to college wanting to be an actor. I did a bunch of drama in high school and was in a ton of plays and musicals and stuff. And I was not very good. In retrospect, it's probably good that I didn't <laughs> pursue it professionally. And yet here I am doing a podcast, so close enough. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you could be like a producer. Maybe. We'll see. I'm going to stick to stick to this and the other side of the industry as well okay. for now. So you've worked in customer service before, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> 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 and what, what, like, what did you do? Well, it kind of, I mean, in many ways, it seems like almost every hat I've worn has been customer service in some way, shape, or form. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, when I was in high school, yeah, I was, I worked as a teller. Okay. Um, and then I was also a dance teacher. And okay. so, kind of, this, the parents and the kids mm-hmm. were kind of customers. Mm-hmm. And, you parents know. Parents can be the worst. Oh, I have some stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I worked, not when I was doing medical research, thankfully, but when I was doing, um, when I was back in banking again for another nine or ten years, I think, was my subsequent, or my most recent stint. Um, I, you know, I was a teller and then I was a supervisor, which in many ways, depending on who were my, and I hate to use this term, but subordinates, Mm -hmm. I had more or less to do with the customers. and then I was at a radio station for, well, I had been on their board for a while, and then I stepped in on what was supposed to be a temporary basis, like mm. months. And this it is kind of most recently, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was supposed to be there for just three, maybe six months, mm-hmm. but the nature of the beast happened such that I was there for two and a half years. Mm. Yeah, and I was definitely not in a place to, to interact with people. And in some ways, as an actor, um, at least when it comes to theater stuff, because I do a little bit of like short film, commercial, industrial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a little bit of audience interaction. Um, I'm in an improv troupe, so obviously there's interaction there too. Yeah. So, but like coming out after a show and meeting and interacting with the audience and them coming up to you and either appreciating or hating whatever it is you did, <laughs> um, that in some ways is also customer service. Yeah. Yeah. And then right now being a project manager, working with the customers. Yeah. So. The acting side, I mean, that's immediate feedback right after a play. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about that. It's, it can be a little <laughs> Hey, <shock>. you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird is, like, people don't really seem to know boundaries. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, like, it's funny because you hear all these, like, huge celebrities talk in all these different, you know, conventions about how they are not, or even in private conversations or private interviews, how people have a hard time divorcing the person from the role. From the role, yeah. And unless people already know me who come to see the show, it's astonishing how people, in some ways, they assume that the persona I am on Uh stage is kind of the same person. Like, oh, that person's very warm and caring. That means I can hug you afterwards. And I'm like, nope, don't touch me. I, what? (laughs) Okay, boundaries, people. 
That's funny because I, you know, I'll watch movies and there's there'll be an actor or an actress that. I'll be like, oh, I don't, I, you know, for later movies, I don't like her. Why not? Well, because she's a bitch. No, she played a bitch in like one role. There's, <laughs> I'm trying to think, Janine uh, Triplehorn or something like that. Uh-huh. I don't remember. It was in a movie called um, Very Bad Things. I don't know if you've ever seen that. With I Christian have that. Slater. I think that was her. That also had like Cameron Diaz. Cameron in Diaz it. and John Favreau. I and, loved it and hated it at the same yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great movie. But she was oh my gosh, she was terrible in that. I mean, her acting was great, but she as a person was terrible in that movie. And so from that point forward, I just associate that character with everything else she does, which is so wrong. <laughs> but, but so yeah, I get your point. Like I, I get what you're saying about people and no boundaries and coming up. And I could certainly understand. Like I would be very. Uh, hesitant or anxious about going out there especially if I don't know if I I get in my head very easily and if I had maybe a bad night or whatever I'd be like oh hell no I'm not going out there I don't want somebody to tell me how much I sucked or <laughs> or even the flip side really because it could be overwhelming mm-hmm. you know with people lavishing praise upon you or, yeah. or whatever not you know not to to think that that would happen to me but you never know so. still it's just it's a very it's a it's an uncomfortable situation sure, yeah. um for sure i definitely struggle with it and sometimes it's like oh yeah i get to see my family after it's not like i don't see them anyway but still mm-hmm. it's it's a very strange thing but um when i was at the radio station i was really not only when i was working in banking but at the radio station i think those really informed i think my customer interactions the most and how i behaved going forward with regards to people in the service industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, even when I interact with my doctor or, you know, any of my, you know, physicians or my veterinarians, I understand that they are, they're providing a service, but they are very much customer facing. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, having taken my own bad experiences yeah. and been like, I don't want you to have to deal with my shit. Yeah. You know, we have some empathy. For this, for them and their situation, their plight, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would say working in customer service has definitely given me perspective and made me very conscious of how I treat people. I mean, I would love to say that I treat people great, regardless. But you know, like as we said before, or as I said before, this started. I, you know, I've had my moments before, uh, especially when I was younger. And uh, but after being in customer service for so long and being berated so many times and things like that, I really try to be self-aware um, when I'm even when I'm upset and try I try to really you know understand what could be going on behind the scenes you know um, and I'm just hypersensitive and hyperconscious about being courteous to others in general anyway and mm-hmm. just life not just in customer service situations but just in general um, but like I you know we go to b-dubs a lot Buffalo Wild Wings mm-hmm. a lot and you know to watch football and stuff like that and the one that we go to in particular is always busy when we go. I mm-hmm. mean, Sundays are generally pretty busy anyway because of the football uh, season. But uh, every time we go to this one, I feel like they're just always understaffed. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we've had several what I would qualify as pretty bad experiences. And uh, Ashley, bless her heart, my uh, Mrs. Fry, she uh, <laughs> she gets very frustrated very quickly, and she'll say that herself. Um, whereas. And I get frustrated too, but I, t- I try to like tell her just like relax, like there's probably something going on. I think they're understaffed or or whatever. And you know when the waitress funny you know comes over, I try to be like you know I get it. You're doing a great job, 
you know, just so that they get that some positive mm-hmm. reinforcement or feedback. And that it goes a long way, honestly, to getting better service. Because mm. if you sit there and berate somebody, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you're probably looking at a loogie in your wings. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> and that's part of the point. You know, it's funny you say that. Like, I'm a difficult person at restaurants only because of my dietary restrictions. And mm. they're not by choice. The vegetarian part, fine. Oh, you're that person. But I, I'm that guy. I have so many food allergies. Yeah. So I'm like, please don't spit in my food. I can't tell you the number of times I've actually told people and customers. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be difficult. I just don't want to die. I just want to enjoy myself. Please don't spit in my food. And they're like, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, but please, I don't want, please. I tried to do the keto thing. I I still do it. I'm not strict to it. But for a little while, I was still trying to do it when we went out to eat, which is incredibly difficult. And I felt like that person all the time. I would be like, so, yeah, can you sub this, sub that? And finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stop doing that to people because I don't need to do it. And I just assume the people that like you that need to do that, I'll let you them have to worry about you as opposed to I, I just don't want to create something that doesn't isn't necessary. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think for those where dietary restrictions are a need, sure. But I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to unnecessarily do that. So... Uh, let's talk about your your time in uh, the banking industry. Mm-hmm. Can we can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So um, I had some really great experiences. Like I am very good friends with a lot of uh, the I call them my former customers. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if they're with the bank anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been great. But I've also had some pretty horrific, both as a teller and as a supervisor. And um, as a teller. I've had some, I have some pretty funny stories about customers who I've been like I don't I don't know what to do with this situation. Um, I think the one that's most memorable in terms of funny stories was this guy, and I don't know if he was drunk, if he was high. And at the time, I was the drive-up teller, mm-hmm. so I got all types coming through. Um, do you have walk-ups? I I had almost. The only vehicle I did not have come through, and I made a request after a certain point, was a sleigh. Okay. I had walk-ups, bike-ups. I've had um, uh, farming equipment drive-through, you know, just all sorts of weird things. And people are like, what? I I just, I don't think I ever had a horse come through. I asked for that, but I never got it. It was my bucket list. I was like, oh, I'll get my bingo card filled. (laughs) Uh, But, like, I had a lot of people come through high. Yeah. And I, like, that was... Yeah, well, this was before it was even legalized, long before that. And it was kind of, I mean, granted, Colorado already had a reputation. Sure. But it was like, it was somewhat um, nerve-wracking. I'm like, it's broad daylight. I'm afraid to drive now because you're on the road. Mm -hmm. But I think the most memorable thing was there was this one customer. And I don't know what his story was. But, and he was a regular, so he came through. And one day he came through in... Uh, like an older convertible, like maybe a 1968. Okay. Like it was a nice car, like a classic car. And he wasn't wearing a shirt. And I was like, I don't. And then all of a sudden, I see his arm go behind him, and he threw some clothes in the back. Oh no! And I was like, Did you just take your oh, pants no. off? <laughs> and he goes, Yep. And I was like the hell do I do? Mm. And so I run out to my supervisor and I was like, um, I realize he's not technically indoors. But we have a naked guy. But he's not wearing any <laughs> shirt. Can we say no shirt, no shoes, no service? Like, this is this is incredibly awkward. And he may have been drunk. He may have been pulling my leg. I yeah. don't know. 
And I did not want to check to see if he was, in fact, naked. Mm-hmm. Not something I wanted to find out. <laughs> so that was one of those, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And some of the, the, the compliments I've gotten from customers coming through, they've been really weird. I had someone compliment my gums. Mm. I was like, that's weird. Um, but at one point, a lot of, um, and the, because I'm female, and female identifying, and I, I always have been. Um, and I, I guess I'm particularly sensitive to the come-ons mm-hmm. of others, and there are uh, males in particular. And um, there was one guy, and he was flirting with me, but then he started to share a little bit more about his um, marriage and its subsequent falling apart and his divorce and the relationship and the girlfriend he had and the things she wouldn't do with him. And I was like, okay, this is this is before me too. And this was on a transactionary time frame. <laughs> this was in the drive up. Okay. So it's like broadcast to the world. Everyone, if they chose to listen, could have heard yeah. it. And I was kind of like, okay, this was not at a time where it was necessarily comfortable or okay. And I mean, we're talking within the last 20 years even. Mm-hmm. It was not necessarily okay for people to be like, that's not appropriate. Right, right. So, okay, fine, I put up with it. He was, you know, an attractive man, and I was like, maybe he'll be, like, a decent human being, and instead of, like, doing this to me when I'm at work, actually, like, maybe ask me out so he can just verbally dump, system. you know, yeah. just get it out <laughs> of the way. And um, so one day, I happened to go to the um, convenience store, like, literally next door, to, like, get myself a snack and a coffee to go back mm-hmm. on a 15-minute break, if that. I'm inside the convenience store, and from across the convenience store, he yells to me about my ass. Mm. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So I go up, and I'm, like, checking out, and they all knew me there. Uh So it's not like I was just some stranger. I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. They're like, why are you sorry? He's the one who's doing it. And I was like, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. So I got back to work, and I was, like, practically in tears. And um, my, uh, I told my supervisor, I was like, this is a customer. And he did this. She's like, yeah, but you were on your break. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's going to affect the way in which I interact with him going forward. Mm-hmm. And he frequents this place. It's a problem. She's like, oh, well, I'll see what I can do about it. Then about a day later or a few hours later, I don't remember, it wasn't that long after, she comes up and she's like, yeah, what did you do? Like, why would he do that? Yeah. This never happens to me. And I was like, I get proposals in the drive-up for reasons I don't understand. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't do anything. I'm like, here's your money. Yeah, I, all me. I can tell you is that's what he's doing. I can't speak to why he doesn't hit on you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ah. mm. And I, she was like, well, what were you wearing? What? And I was like, whoa. Um, I, so finally I was like, and I don't know. And this is a female supervisor, mm-hmm. too. It's interesting that yeah. I could... I, I wouldn't condone it, but I can understand more coming from a male's mouth than a female's mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's very surprising. It was shocking to yeah. like be on the receiving end of victim sure. blaming. And yeah. I was like, mm. So finally, I sent an email to her with the details of what happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's what it was. She, had, I sent her the details, and she's like, I decide not to send it on. Do you think that was a mistake? And I was like, yes, yeah. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. You should send it to uh, HR. So then the president of the bank actually had a conversation with this guy. Oh, wow. Good. And Good for him. He, he closed his, his account. Unfortunately, and this kind of sets the, the tone for my subsequent uh, Karen issues, mm-hmm. Karen uh, conversations at, in this position, I guess I started to get labeled as difficult. Um, because I think around the same time, maybe a little before, 
a very good friend of mine was was married. A lot of people do that. They get married. <laughs> and um, her ex, now ex-husband, worked in the same building, and he banked with us. He oh, came awkward. to my place of work, and he saw me, and he, loudly, loudly enough for everyone else to hear, not yelling, he threatened me. What? And um, I asked a male coworker to walk me to my car thereafter. Yeah. And I got reprimanded because, well, you shouldn't be talking to his wife during your working hours anyway. And I was like... <laughs> like you had a choice. I'm like, I messaged her to tell her, I, don't talk to me when I'm at work. Yeah. Like, I'll talk to you at lunch. Like, I got in trouble for that. Yeah. And I was like, that's bullshit. So I asked a male coworker, and he's like, he scares me. And I'm like, oh, great. So I'm left to hang out to dry. This is lovely. Yeah. Um, so that was another reason why I was labeled difficult. And then when I did, surprisingly, become a supervisor, um, there there were, um, as far as, like, someone, I, that put me in a really interesting, awkward position because I had people who were, you know, reporting to me and then I had people I was reporting too. So it was no longer like I was the bottom of yeah, the food chain. Yeah. It was kind of like I have to not only worry about the customer experience, but worry about, okay, doing whatever my supervisor is asking me, helping my, um, my the people who are reporting to me do well in their job. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that, it was, I remember once there was this customer, he came through and I don't know what happened. I was not like right there when it was happening. Either I was working on something, or I was in an, like, like in an office, or do, I don't know. All I know is that I heard him screaming at her through the speaker. My supervisor at the time, he came in and interfered. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we would have handled it. My friend, who was the the teller, she was brought to tears, yeah, and understandably, sure. like mm-hmm. it was. It's funny, especially in when money is involved. <clears throat> How psychotic people get. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Like yeah. the level of psycho. It's, it's and it doesn't have to be very much money either. No. Yeah. No, it's it's astonishing. And they think you're stupid mm-hmm. because you're in the service industry. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. So one of my dearest friends, he's um how old is Finley? I don't know. He's like seventy eight. Um, he can't see, can't hear very well. He would still drive himself around. And we became really good friends. And he would always tell any one of myself and then the two, my two friends who were um, reporting to me, he was always like, you girls are too smart to be here. You're too smart to be here. And <laughs> it was it was nice to get that validation because so many people look down on you mm-hmm. in a service position. And um, regardless of what that service position sure. is. And I like, you know, kind of speaking to, to the medical profession, it's like all these people who have long been lauded and vaunted for, oh, you're a doctor, oh, you're a veterinarian, you're a PhD. But they do a little Googling, and it's like all of a sudden they know more than you. Mm-hmm. That's not to say I haven't Googled my fair share of things before, but yeah. they have a certain level of you know expertise or whatever. So anyway. Nurses, too. Huh? Nurses, too. Oh, God. Yeah. They get the short And they have the worst, honestly. I, yeah. I can't. I mean, they have to deal with the literal and figurative shit like no one yeah. else. And they don't get paid well enough. So no. Yeah. yeah. No, they have to cover everyone else's ass. Yeah. But no one really has their backs an unfortunate situation i uh i understand what i i I can relate to what you're saying about kind of being in that rock and a hard place with trying to find balance between um you know supporting your the those that you supervise and then you have people above you that you report to and dealing with customers and so you have to you have to 
you know, you're trying to reach the goals of your, your company and, and achieve that and follow the directives that are put upon you while still holding your subordinates, we all hate that word, but it is, it is what it is, but while holding your subordinates accountable and making your customers happy. Mm-hmm. But then when those that report to you have an issue with a customer, then you have to sit there and you have to try to identify, okay, did we fuck up? And do I need to hold this person accountable? Or did the customer, is the customer actually out of line? And how do I deal with that mm-hmm. whilst, you know, diplomatically? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there's that balance. It could be very, very tricky. I mean, that's that's why we're, you know, you get paid a little bit more, I suppose, to be in a supervisory <laughs> position. But, but it certainly makes the job very, very challenging at times. So. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, among the many challenges I faced there, and it wasn't because the job was too difficult, but one of the biggest challenges I had was when I was there, I wound up within a two-year period having five different supervisors. That's a lot, yeah. And unfortunately, each person came in with their own philosophy yeah. and approach to how we deal with the rules style. are. Yeah. So that was sometimes in conflict with what the main office was mm-hmm. saying. And I'm like, who do I listen to? Yeah, Whose life gross. am I making yeah. difficult? And then, unfortunately, I have to either train, oversee, or help not only our subordinates, but also our customers cust- yep, understand exactly. and when you have this revolving door of people and you're basically the rock upon you're the anchor for everybody and they keep looking to you it's like you fall under that more scru- that much more scrutiny and it was interesting um, it, that environment became very toxic um, at the end because my true friends you know good for them they moved on they did different things or they got moved and so they hired two new people on who refused to listen to me when i was training them right, right out the gate they were like Meh. why that's that's who they were okay. and one of them she was like she would not the reason she got let go was because she just never came back from vacation hmm. she just didn't respond but she was that kind of person mm-hmm. where you're like where the hell are you you know yeah. But um, one day, I remember, um, she was trying to help a customer, and it had to do with this customer's CD. And at the time, I can't speak to now, and I know it changes every year, especially with, you know, depending on the administration and who's in charge of what. It, you know, whatever federal rules govern what can impact how you're allowed to do things mm-hmm. in the bank. And um, so there was a, uh, a customer who came in and wanted to, like, draw money out of her, her CD or whatever. And this you know, this particular um, girl, she was not able to do it. And she was like having difficulty. And I just gotten off the phone and I was hearing little bits and pieces. And I was like, you know, maybe it was like a a limits issue. And I was like, I have limits or I can get limits if I need to. Mm -hmm. You know, why don't you step in front of me? We'll see what's going on. And I looked at it, I was like, it's not letting me. And she screamed at me, told me, how dare you? She's like, who even thought to put you in this position? She was like, you're not qualified enough. You're not smart. Who was, you do not deserve the promotion that got you here. She'd never seen me before, mind you. She call you a child? No, That happens to my manager sometimes. (sighs) Oh, you're just a child. Yeah, no, thankfully she Mm. didn't do that. No one else was in there to defend me. My supervisor wasn't there. And so I was flying alone. And it usually was not an issue aside from my own personal clashes with these people. But um, I was like, hold on. And unfortunately, it was an archaic system that they had, a a banking system or whatever that they used, interface. 
And we knew it was, and there were so many other problems, but we usually had a workaround. Mm. And this was this particular account had not been flagged or there was no notice on it about this was a grandfathered account and therefore the rules that are set by this particular system don't apply. Like there was no way to identify. I thought it was a regular CD. So I was like, hold on, let me figure out. So I called I called the, the IT department. I was like, I don't understand why this isn't working. And they're like, oh, it's because she's already you know, meet your limit for whatever. And I was like, oh. And I was like, hey, you know, this, you reach your limit. And she continued to scream at me. And I was like, okay. So then I called another branch. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. She said, she's dropping names. As, that's another big uh, thing about dropping, customers. Yeah. yeah, like, I oh. know your owner, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so-and-so and so-and-so. And I was like, all right. So that person was like, oh, I'm sorry. She, that account's been grandfathered in. You have no way of knowing this. This is the problem. Great. Can you tell her? <laughs> And I did. I was like, okay, we got it taken care of. You're fine. Here's your money. She left angry. Yeah. <clears throat> well, she... Re- how dare you? Right. Yeah. Well, even better. She reported to the bank owner. Okay. And he was new. Oh, God. He didn't understand any of this. And then my supervisor, who wasn't there, then actually called me into her office, and I got an official reprimand. And I was like... She's like, well, you should... And I'm like, I did literally everything I could, and she got her money. Mm-hmm. So you should be getting praise for finding a workaround and figuring out a solution, and instead you get in trouble. Yeah. A lot of times when we have stuff like that happen, and a customer's sitting there yelling at us, saying, you know, how dare you, you don't deserve to be in this job, or whatever, and then they complain, they go above your head, you know, they name drop, they do whatever it is they're going to do. The complaint ends up being less about whatever the issue was, Mm -hmm. and then it becomes more about how somehow we were rude because we didn't give them exactly what they want when they wanted it and that's the thing i think a lot of times is um you know this comes a frequent theme that comes up on these uh, podcasts is uh that we're living in this age of entitlement Mm. and people are expecting um uh, instant gratification and when they don't get that that's when they get really really amped up um and then you know they're also so used to just being able to sit behind a keyboard and and not have to really directly interact with people on a social level that they lose they don't have those social skills so they just immediately blow up on somebody without any regard for your feelings or repercussions or anything like that Mm -hmm. so it's really unfortunate hey there sorry to interrupt and i'm sure you're like what the fuck man i was listening to that I know it sucks when this happens, but while I have your attention, I have a quick favor to ask. As I'm not Joe Rogan with millions of listeners and a metric shit ton of sponsors, I really could use your help. Karen Isn't Always Right would be very, very grateful for your support. If you could go to anchor.fm forward slash Chris dash Fry, F-R-E-Y, forward slash support and support this podcast by donating either 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 a month i'd be so appreciative i love doing this podcast but there are some nominal costs to it and any help helps all right go back to listening yeah so it was that was kind of like the tipping point because my subordinates again i hate that term um they didn't have my back, even though I was bailing their asses out. Mm. And I was kind of like, okay. Why do you think that is? Do you think they're scared? Do you think they're just weak? You know. They uh, they were very vindictive because what was interesting, like by the time I left that job, I like I left because it was so toxic. I was I'm not an emotionally like 
Usually the only emotion I have is anger, um, <laughs> if I have an emotion. That sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, super healthy. <laughs> um, but what was interesting was I it got to the point where during my lunch, I was calling my friends at the other branches in tears because mm. it was so hard for me to – I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong or what I could do right. And it was my supervisor at that time was like, just let it go. It's fine. Mm. And I'm like, they're violating all these rules that we are getting marked up on and I'm being held accountable for this. And I was like, fine. So, um, you know, I, a friend who I had been crying to about this, and I, I sound like a wailing Cassandra, but, um, but <laughs> although she had reason, um, let's be honest, but <laughs> when I, uh, my friend told me she wound up stepping into my role um, several months later, she goes, so they asked me to take over and I told my supervisor, um, no. And he's like, why not? She said, because I saw what you guys did to her and you didn't listen to her and she tried to tell you these people were a problem. And he was like, okay, I have your back. And interestingly enough, after I left, all of the problematic people either were let go or they screwed themselves out of a job. Yeah, yeah, worked and it out. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's nice. Like the karmic side of it great it worked itself out the immediate like you know the actual long-term effects of that had on me i think definitely um shook my confidence in my my supervisors going forward and um, has a lasting effect unintentional lasting effect exactly it's kind of like am i it's it has this whether overt or subtle almost gaslighting effect yeah constantly yeah yeah i've experienced that as well i mean you know, we, again, we talked before the, the episode started about anxiety a little bit, and I was telling you how uh, I have pretty extreme anxiety uh, from, uh, from time to time, especially related to uh, customers, because I, some of it comes from those customers that have that knack for uh, really talking around in circles. And then, and like you said, you feel like gaslighted when you walk away, and you're like, wait a minute, did, did I? was I an asshole? Like, was it me? You know, and then you start thinking and then you, you know, you run into enough of those. And look, I, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm pretty decent at my job. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for a long time. And, and while I'm anxious about customers, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty good at dealing, at at dealing with the challenging ones and, and stuff like that. But yeah, there are times, man, I walk away, I'll go home and I'll talk to Mrs. Fry about whatever issue I ran into. And I'll be like kind of freaking out with her going, Man, I think I really fucked up. Like, I don't, mm. I, I don't know if I did handle that right, or, or with a, a, a subordinate, uh, with one of my assistants. <laughs> you know, they maybe they are the ones that, that handled it, and then I had to kind of follow up with them, circle back to them. And I don't want to do to them like what your supervisors did to you, or even your subordinates did to you, where they kind of leave you hanging, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out to dry or whatever. And so again, it goes back to that balance of like, I want to make sure I'm doing right by my people. Um, and supporting them, but I also have a responsibility to the company and to the customer to make sure that we did, like we all did what we were supposed to do in that customer service situation, but customers can be so good at reframing Mm -hmm. the reality of that situation, especially if it maybe didn't happen, you know, in the moment they come back and they, you know, they email the company, like the corporate office or whatever, and then, you know, maybe a day has passed and they've had time to think, well, now I'm going to frame it this way, you know, and, and, and what they spit out has zero to do with what actually went down Mm -hmm. you know but the problem is sometimes is that you know we're not wearing uh gopros Mm -hmm. you know with audio or anything like that we don't have this shit recorded you know i'd love to have the body cams oh i know or whatever (laughs) we have you know we have video surveillance and theaters and stuff but not every inch of this place is covered and there's not audio and so 
it can be you know you can tell a little bit by by body language what can be going down and especially if like like a while back there was a situation where um it was this big to do and and uh, one of the customers was in a wheelchair and and it all came, it, you know they were very frustrated because they felt like they weren't being treated right um, but at one point the person in the wheelchair spit on one of my managers <gasps> yeah which is assault yeah you know you can't do that and then it really escalated beyond that and then they got kicked out police were called all kinds of stuff because it was it really got heated so beyond just the spitting it was a lot of stuff that was going down and my managers there was two of them and they were like you gotta go but then the next day the sister of the guy that spit calls and demands to talk to me and then she decides to lay into me about this whole situation but it was she what she was saying had had no there was just nothing to do with what actually went down as long as if my managers were being honest with me which you know i trust my people you know and mm -hmm. and i didn't have any any reason to think otherwise you know especially when i look at the video footage and i can see this guy spitting it's like well you kind of lost some credibility with me there so anyway i didn't mean to get off too far no. off on a rant but but yeah that uh, that gaslighting feeling can be really demoralizing mm -hmm. i think you know if that's kind of the best way i can characterize it as far as my perspective is concerned and it, it does stick with you mm -hmm. and it's it's amazing the the reverberation so um there were a couple of couple other instances like that and uh i wound up being like all right that's it i'm i can't do this anymore and it just so happened that the radio station that i was on the board for they were they were short-staffed there were some major changes happening that we knew about and I, being on the board i was privy to them and i was like you know i've done enough volunteering there and interacting with everyone and been involved and been in events why don't i step in for a short period of time mm -hmm. and do the volunteer coordinating and he was like great you know, and I, we spoke to the board, and they were like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. I stepped in, and basically the world was my oyster. So I could frame and create uh, the whole thing because they hadn't had a volunteer coordinator for so long, and the information they had, no one could make sense of. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this is cool. And I, um, I, you know, I stepped in, and um, it was interesting because a lot of people were very, again, that instant gratification mm -hmm. Or like I, I went back over several months to pull names that had clearly not received any sort of correspondence and I reached out and I did that whole thing. What's interesting in that particular situation is who in this situation is the customer? Is the customer the listening audience? Is it the volunteers? Mm -hmm. Who is the customer in this situation? A little bit of both. It, it really was, especially in that position that I held. And as, as the years wore on, I wound up wearing pretty much every single hat and at one point I was the only one there mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't because I did anything it was just how, just how the felt. whole thing yeah. fell apart um, uh, before it could be rebuilt again and um, it was really interesting because I found that a lot of people have a very strong sense of entitlement mm -hmm. and it, it, it goes for new people as well as old people and I don't mean like age I yeah, mean yeah. people who have been there for a while they were like well this is the way we've always done it mm -hmm. and I'm like and it hasn't worked right it needs to that's change. a deadly trap to fall into I think people need to get out of that mindset right? mm -hmm. yeah. where do you think that that sense of entitlement is coming from um well I mean if we're talking personality I mean definitely I think ego mm -hmm. it's it's some of the ego sur surrounding it has to do with I know Mm -hmm. I know better. Mm -hmm. um, some of it has to do with, I think, fear of How so? uh, fear of some people are just afraid of change in general. Yeah, yeah. Some people are afraid of having to learn new things. 
Um, some people don't understand it, so they get afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can empathize. Well, change with is that. terrifying. Yeah. Oh God! It's so many books have been written about how to adapt <laughs> to change. Like there's one called "Who Moved My Cheese." Yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard about uh, that. Actually, I was just talking to my boss about that this morning. But yeah, people can't stand change. I mean, some. I, I I'm fine with it, but it's not everybody is. Well, and it's. I'm one of those people. I'm like, this sucks. I guess I have to lean into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well. It can I don't depend have a on what it is. Yeah. You know, um, it's like you can either stay on board or get get off. Mm-hmm. But this this kind of waffling does nobody Can't any be good. Enjoy them, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so some people are faster and slower to adapt than others. But what was interesting, and this again, I say customer because she was a volunteer, and as a volunteer coordinator, that's who I was interacting with. Um, so after some help, I had got some guidance on. Okay, how do I? We had, I think, three or four studios that people could record in. And um, rather than having people just go in blindly Mm -hmm. because people had to practice or people were pre-recording, it would just make everyone's time more effective if they could just sign up for a time. And we found a system to do that that was not Sign Up Genius. That was on a rolling, ongoing basis. And I was on the back end controlling all that. And I don't know what they have now, but it was great. Except for one person who was young enough to know technology. So this person was not a non-technologically inclined savvy person. This person just refused to cooperate. Mm. Um, So when they signed up, I guess, so she was stuck with the purple studio. They were named by colors. And the nice studio that everyone wanted, but was usually being used for trainings or, you know, whatever. If you had a lot of people to record, you needed that studio. And for the blue studio. So someone was not in there. And I had heard complaints from people being like, you know, I guess I was in there at the wrong time. She came in and she kicked me out. And I was like, what? And I looked at the calendar. I was like, no, she's wrong. They're like, well, she said, and I'm like, I'm looking at the calendar. She's wrong. So when she came in and there was no one in any of the other studios for whatever reason. I mean, this town has trains, as you know. Maybe they're stuck behind a train. I don't know. For whatever reason, when she signed up, that was the one she signed up for. And I had actually made it very clear when I had corresponded with the volunteers to minimize one person just editing using up a space that had four microphones. Use a smaller one. You know? And a lot of people were like, okay, I get it. Well, the Blue Studio was open. And that's the nice one. And she was going in there. And I was like, you're, you're signed up for the purple one. Why are you in the blue? She's like, oh, until the person gets here. I'm like, no. Yeah. You're signed up for the purple one. You need to use it. Because I knew that if some, I had a, I, I can't say knew, but I had a very strong suspicion that whoever it was, if they happened to get there, she'd be like, well, I was here first. Or pull some crap like that. Just and walk was, over all of them. Exactly. And they'd be like, well, uh so and we've had she had a really strong personality very very she was a problem and i i finally left because i felt like the place was in a uh, was stable again and Mm -hmm. i could leave it and i discovered people were making me their crutch Mm -hmm. at literally all levels newbies to the management my superiors they were calling me when i was home with food poisoning like why why is this not working and i was like been trying to tell you how this works right. and i'm dying right now so can I'm, we like, go back to bed? <laughs> I'm like at seven o'clock in the morning well why is this on the radio station well it's it's not because that's not our signal yeah that's not us but <laughs> fine i'll be in in an hour can you calm down and i get in and they're fine and i was like oh god yeah anyway but uh, this uh, i left because i became a crutch for everybody but this particular person i was like 
I don't want to have to play mediator. I have enough shit I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to. So what What did she do? And I was like, use the purple studio. And I actually found one of my coworkers. I was like, can you please hang out in that studio? Can you take your laptop in there until they get there just so she doesn't oh go in there? It's ridiculous that you would have to do something. It like was that. so dumb. And she, was, she stood in the hallway <laughs> and cried. Good. She was in her 40s. <laughs> and she tried to use the crying oh technique to get me to soften. And I was sitting there going... I would have taken a box better. of tissues out. Here you go. Or a roll of toilet paper, even better. There you go. You good? All right. Glass gonna, of water? I was going to use this for my ass, right. but here you go. But this is better. But it's just kind of like, okay, at what point, like, and I think the time that I left, I was angry because everyone, there was such a strong sense of entitlement. I also, yeah. I never got what I felt was any sort of resolution from the bank, so that carried through, and I didn't really give myself a, a chance to decompress, but... Mm all of that combined it was just it was funny my last day and I gave them my notice like I fell off a horse and it was like I hit the ground and my brain goes you need to quit your job Mm. and I was like okay so I looked at the calendar and I was like okay I need to strategize this because if I give them too much notice they'll let me go oh yeah yeah and I was like but I don't want to leave them in the lurch in a time when they have some major stuff going on Mm. so I'm like okay so I I strategize how's it going to go so then I got called in and they were like, well, you're just not smiling all the time. Hence why I'm leaving. <laughs> I was, so finally, and this wasn't the first time we'd had this conversation. I'm like, you're always happy. I don't know if you're like drinking like eight cups of coffee in the morning. It's the Adderall. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. But I was like, I'm not a morning person and I'm actually far more productive when there aren't people here. Mm. There's a reason stuff doesn't get done. Yeah. And it's because people are constantly interrupting me. And I understand it, and I appreciate it, and I love when people sit down and we have an hour-long conversation, and we talk about God knows what. There's some amazing people. Don't get me wrong. So I was finally asked, are you happy here? And I said, no. Do you want to stay here? No, not long-term. And it was about three weeks before I planned to give my notice, and they were like, oh. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) And the one thing I was worried about, I'm like, you guys are not prepared for this. I'm literally the only one here who understands the preparation that goes into this particular project. It's an annual thing. It's every year. I was like, I don't, because I had so much invested in the success of the, the overall, the station as a, as in general, because I helped get a lot of really awesome people on the board. So that way all the ranks were filled out. And it was like, in many ways, it was a, a labor of love. And it was kind of a point where I was like, if they let me go, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm. And I don't want that to happen. Not because I give a shit, but because about myself. But it's just the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I wound up, they were like, well, can you manage this? And I, can you stay at least through this? I was like, yeah, how about I stay to the end of the month? Yeah. They're like, great. And that gave them plenty of time to find my replacement. This was right about that time that you and I were kind of talking a lot when I came at for those of you listening, uh, she, Maya's actually the reason I got into podcasting. <laughs> she hooked me up with this great class or whatever, but I think it was around that yeah. time that you were kind of telling me about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay. And so I, there were, it was interesting because I didn't leave feeling like with bad feelings. I didn't leave with any regrets. I didn't feel sad. It just, I was done. It's just time, yeah. And it was nice because the last two weeks after this big project was done, the last two weeks, I really, I finally got organized and I was able to train my successor as best I could with the time he had and I had in between and set up systems and processes to hopefully, and I don't know, hopefully make the transition less stressful for him. 
But you can only do what you can do. I mean, I think in situations like that, I think it's I think it's great to care, and I think it's great to to do whatever you can do to set them up for success. But at the end of the day, you're gonna have to do what is right for you, as long as you do the right thing. Look, you're given notice. You're trying to train your successor with whatever tools and resources you have available mm. to you to give to them. Um, but after that, it's like I mean. It's your company, so I'm gonna move on. <laughs> so you can't have any regrets about that. I mean, I've I've had to do the same thing, you know, um, where I've left a company. You know, like I went from one theater company to another now, and and I remember sitting down, and, and my supervisor at the time was a very very good friend of mine, and I remember sitting in her office, and I was like, Hey, can we talk for a second? And she's like, You're gonna quit, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. I'm so sorry, but you know, she's, and people do it to me all the time. People come to me and it's like, hey, I think it's time to move on and people have to do what's right for them. If mm-hmm. I, as a supervisor, it's, I'm, I'm an asshole if I'm going to sit there and berate somebody because they have to go do something that's better for them and their life and mm-hmm. their family or whatever, whatever the situation is. So, yeah. But it was, it, like, I kept my cool through a lot of stuff and apparently mm-hmm. I have a very naturally expressive face. So even if I didn't say anything, even if I kept my cool, my face betrayed yeah, all of everything. my feelings, yeah. apparently. That's and why you're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is I can't control what my face does. Like, I have no idea. And people are like, I've had people think I was angry. And I'm like, this is my thinking face. You have RBF. I don't even know if I would say that. It's mm. just my face. It, it's just. I can't control my middle finger sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that, too. I walk around like, I. A long time ago, people used to think I was just pissed off all the time. And mm-hmm. maybe I was. I don't know. But um, over time, I had to teach myself to, fo- like, I would force myself to smile mm-hmm. to the point where eventually my, my face would lighten up a little bit so that people wouldn't just think, oh, here comes Fry. He's pissed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and that's a funny thing. I'm like, most of the time I'm in thought, and mm-hmm. I guess when I'm in thought is mm-hmm. when I look the angriest. Yeah. Meh. You gotta be careful with that with customers, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're in the customer service industry, especially direct facing, front facing, um, it's been that's put me in a pickle a time or two because, <clears throat> you know, when you come up, if that's their immediate perception of you, that's, you're already off to a bad start. Mm. You know, and so now when I come out, you know, or as soon as a guest walks up to me or whatever, I make sure I like brighten up a little bit. Like I open my posture, you know, I smile without looking crazy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that that kind of stuff. Because I just, I don't want their perception to be like, what the fuck's his problem already? Mm, You know? Yeah. You just got to be careful about that. (laughs) Or with employees. Yeah. You know, because they're going to, you know, attitude reflects leadership a lot of times, Mm. you know? And so if they see, that if I appear to be pissed all the time or down or grumpy or whatever it is, they're going to mimic that to a, to a degree, at least, you know, unless mm-hmm. they're just naturally bright and, and upbeat, but not everybody is. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, I want to go back to the bank again, uh-huh. uh, if you don't mind. No, so, no, you're kind uh, just cause that's like very direct customer service yeah. stuff. So, um, as a, as a teller, um, what would you say? So beyond naked guy, and I don't know why I keep having like the episode of Friends when they're always like ugly naked about guy. Ugly naked guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so you had naked guy, and then and then you had uh, the lady with her CD. What other like crazy uh, Karens have you have you dealt with that like jump out at you? Where like somebody? I'll give you an example. So uh-huh. like uh, so Mrs. Fry and I just got married not too long ago, and she had to go through the hassle changing her name. Mm-hmm. Um, God help women who who choose to do that. Because that is a bigger pain in the ass than I thought it was. Uh, 
And so, you know, she, she was getting a lot of it done, but she had to go to the bank mm-hmm. and try to switch it over at the bank. And she called them. She's, Mrs. Fry is very, very detail-oriented, very detail-oriented. And uh, so she, you know, she dots her eyes and crosses her teeth. She calls, she talks to somebody, talked to a manager at the bank. And they're like, yeah, just bring in the the wedding or the the marriage license and your id and we'll, we'll we'll make it all work right so we go in but she's like you need to bring mr fry and so i go with her and like it's very difficult to coordinate our time because mm-hmm. you know she's got your normal like nine to five job and i don't right um, <laughs> uh, so i had to go into work late one day so we could go on like a saturday morning so we we pop in there or something like that so we pop in there got everything we were told that we needed and then the the branch manager comes out to talk to us and uh, she's like, nope, can't do that. What? And I was like, whoa. And it was a little toot there. There was a little attitude coming off. It's like, when you get an attitude with us? And then, but Mrs. Fry can can pop off, pop off pretty good with the attitude as well. So as soon as she was starting to sense that from the branch manager, she mirrored that back. Ooh. And I was like, looking at my watch, I was like, uh. And I get <laughs> really, really awkward around that kind of stuff. I don't like to... I don't like confrontation, mm-hmm. you know. I used to not care when I was young. I used to like be always be up for for whatever, <laughs> but uh, not anymore. And so, she just starts going into the the manager a little bit, and and kind of rightfully so because the manager was being a little bit of a bitch. Um, and so Ashley like turned it up a little bit. And at that point, I was like, I'm gonna go wait by the car. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and and it was all because the license hadn't been. Uh, like stamped or whatever huh. it wasn't like the official license it was just what we brought from the way i mean we'd been married like a week you know or something mm-hmm. like that um so she got real man and uh and so so there's like one example of i could like at a bank where i can see things getting heightened because of some little stupid technicality like mm-hmm. that and look i get banks have rules and things like that so i got to imagine that there's a lot of situations where you're all you're trying to do is just follow the law or follow regulations or whatever it is has that caused like a lot of issues for you um i can't i mean it's been a minute and mm-hmm. they were so that's such a common, not the the name change, but that's such a but common. Even like trying to cash a check. Mm-hmm. I remember being like fourteen, like I got my first job, at like working construction, and I, you know, I got my first paycheck, and I went to try to cash it, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't take, you know, third party." I don't remember what the the, the terminology was mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm like fourteen. I was like, "I don't know what the hell else I'm supposed to do." You don't have an account here, and like you know, back then I was. I was a, a righteous young man, and, <laughs> and I, I would I would really mouth off to people. I was like, "Well, fuck you and your bank, you know." <laughs> I'm never opening an account here again. Uh, so I was a bit of a Karen even at the age of 14. But <laughs> did you ever run into stuff like that? Where people Regularly. Yeah. So um, we had quite a diverse population at the branch I was supervising, insofar as um, the the socioeconomic statuses and other statuses mm-hmm. that people had, and. Um, Oh, okay. So we had one business customer, and I may not be remembering this exactly right. That's okay. You can make it all up for all anybody knows. But um, <laughs> Saturdays, only the drive-through at one branch was open. Okay. Great. And this customer needed. They ran a business mm-hmm. that was cash heavy, they and they needed change. Mm-hmm. There's only you can only fit so many bills in the thing, sure. and they wanted coins, and coins are, are heavy. heavy. Yeah. And I was like. And it was literally 10 minutes before we closed. So take about 10 trips. <laughs> and we had a line, like a huge line. And I was like, okay, can can you do this? Can, can you do this? And he got mad. And I was like, 
I'm going to ask you to do something. I need to drive around the building, and I need you to park in front of the doors. Dump it out the door, yeah. I will bring it to you, because I can't give you the coins through the drive-up. And he got mad because it took too long. And I was like, do you just... There are three lanes of traffic, and do you not see the, like, you're... And the funny thing was, this person wasn't a customer service heavy... Mm, So they should know better. I'm like, come on, bro. Like... What are you thinking? So, like, there's been stupid stuff like that. And so thereafter, because I had to deal with them, they changed the policy. And it was good. I mean, it wasn't, like, a big policy. It was one, like, this huge, like, it wasn't, you know, like, Wells Fargo level Mm -hmm. kind of policy. But it was kind of like, we cannot screw over our other customers because of one one person. person. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they bring in a lot of money, but we need to, you know, kind of keep on top Mm -hmm. of that. So that was another. That was one thing. Um having to deal with um uh like we would have um people who were on work release Mm -hmm. come through and they those who got checks they were fine Mm -hmm. there were instances where we had people who were not customers and they were not being paid by a um a customer Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were cashing a customer's check. Right, right. Not, yeah, it's neither a third, were they third party check. exactly yeah. third. It was a third party trend which we could not do, mm-hmm. but they were getting paid on a card, like a pay card. A pay card, yeah. and so technically, we were able to do it. But you can imagine someone who has been working their ass off all week. They're getting short shrift in every imaginable level of life and you they're know broke and, they're yeah. so broke this yeah. is these are payments that they're using to keep their phone on and, and stuff. gas and yeah it was like it honestly made me really sad yeah. because i'm like it, the employer wouldn't do what they needed to turn the card on to get them the oh, cash no. yeah and you're like i'm sorry yeah like, like i'm I sorry i want to help but yeah hands are tied that's frustrating. we had a pay card <laughs> issue shortly after uh, one of my theaters open, <clears throat> and yeah, it's a mad rush right before you're opening a new location. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much going on, and and a lot of that is personnel related because you're just trying to hire as many people as possible. So for some locations, you're hiring anywhere from 150 to 200 people just to get the doors open, and there's a lot of paperwork. You know, you're doing new hire paperwork for all of these people, and one of the part of that process, part of that one piece of that is either getting them set up on direct deposit or a pay card. We don't we don't issue paper checks anymore, mm-hmm. right? And that's just the way of the world. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of these people are going on pay card because they're young and maybe they don't have a bank account yet or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever reason it is. Now, for about 50 of these people when we were opening, uh, the managers that were setting them up um, were a little new to this, uh-huh. and there was an error. <laughs> they, they, they just did one little part of it wrong and it jacked everybody up and there was one guy in particular and I don't look I don't blame this guy at all for being upset but uh he notified us you know there's all of them like when the first payday came along all of a sudden nobody's getting paid and they're all coming to us we're not getting paid we're not getting paid and we're working as quickly as we can with our payroll department to try to get them their money as quickly as possible Uh, but it's it's an effort and Mm -hmm. sometimes payroll is not always real cooperative um, look, they're, they're trying to handle a lot of locations, not just one. Um, and then we just made their life more difficult by fucking this up. But that being said, we still have to get our people paid, right? Mm-hmm. There's this one guy in particular who he was very, very upset. And we're, and I had this one manager, Tyler, who was doing everything he could. Like he was, he dropped everything he was doing. He was solely focused on this. So it's at the start of the day, it was like 
eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. he started working on this, and he just kept emailing payroll, kept making phone calls, doing everything he could, right? And like, I'm spread thin. I'm bouncing all over the place because whether it's the construction company, my boss, my boss's boss, or a bunch of employees, or whatever it is, somebody's mm-hmm. needing my attention. Right. And so I'm all over the place. And finally, I come back into the office, and I'm headed towards my office. And as I come in, there's a line at my door. And it's oh, that guy, uh, Tyler, and like another manager, and then this uh, this dude that works in the home office that just happened to be around for this. Uh, God. It was kind of he was there to help out or whatever. They're all standing at my door and they're like, "Oh, we need to talk to you." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And that was sort of how my life was at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like a never-ending stream of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we go into my office and as I'm walking in, I pass. You know, I walk by the guy that was having the trouble with his money, and as I walk by, he's like, "Pull out your wallet." And I was like, oh, shit, am I getting mugged right now? Like, in my own office? Like, what? I was freaking out, man. And I was like, pull out my wallet. What are you talking about? He's like, I want my money, bitch, now. And I was like, god damn. Like, you know, and look, I'm pretty confident in myself. You know what I mean? And But I was, like, seriously thinking, like, this is going to come down to some fisticuffs right now, isn't it? <laughs> and I got there's all these people around and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, that the... the pay cards like can cause a lot of issues Mm -hmm. you know and you know they're great like any technology it's great when it works but when some stupid little thing goes wrong and then nobody it's very difficult to narrow down like who do you need to talk to to get this thing functioning whether it's the pay card company itself like com data or whatever Mm -hmm. or it's the bank that it's associated with or it's the company that issued it or whatever it is you're just trying to get to the i just need this guy to get his money you know what (laughs) i mean like i really was very tempted to just whip out 200 bucks you know and give it to the guy but i can't do that so it doesn't set a good price i did not get mugged although it got heated and it was one of the few times i yelled at somebody in my office uh <laughs> temper settled down though everything worked <laughs> out he did end up leaving because he was that mad but he was like trying to i guess he had a responsibility to take care of his grandmother and stuff mm. like that. i mean look i felt bad we fucked up but you don't threaten people either no you know? so mm. yeah so that's kind of crazy um and it's funny you talk about technology because that's another time people will lose their fucking mind mm. Um, we have had, um, we had, have, we had, uh, on multiple occasions, our internet go out, and so our computers could not talk uh-huh. to the, the main ones yeah. to figure out whether or not people had money, so we could cash That's their sketch. checks. Yeah. So at the time, and I don't know if this practice is still the same, if it's, a, if multiple banks do this, what, I, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but at the time... It was, we can cash your check as much as the money you have in your account is available. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a $200 check and you have $200, okay, great. Because if that check bounces, it we can draw. That. Yeah. Right? Um, or you can get, otherwise you can get whatever is in your account available plus 200 Okay. Um, assuming this check will clear. So that, it's like, okay, depending on the size of the check, I think at one point it was like, Unless we knew the customer was good for it, we wouldn't give anyone more than two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then we had had we had had a bunch of customers who were their accounts were negative and they wrote wrote mm-hmm. payroll checks. Mm-hmm. And there were some who for like three months were repeatedly. Oh, yeah. And so you know the the bank higher ups would be like, it's fine, it's fine, they'll be fine, they'll get good. And I think after a point they were like, this is this is this not going to good. We're yeah. going to shut it down, and I'm sorry. Yeah. So that was a problem. Um, and people get livid. Oh, know, yeah. Because technology, I think, in general, can cause a lot of problems. I mean, it happens, again, in my work, too. It happened yesterday. So um, 
we have what's called a premium large format screen okay, mm-hmm. at my theater. So think uh, IMAX, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from time to time, we have issues with that projector, and it's very frustrating, mm. and people are not understanding about it. And in this situation, it was a bulb flicker, and it was oh. out of focus and stuff like that. And so we were working very quickly and very hard to correct this issue. And I had one of my managers go down. I, I need you to go down there and talk to the people and let them know that we're working on this or whatever. And there was this one lady in particular. She just started going off on my manager, and she's like, well, this is just ridiculous. And it's like, lady, do you think that we're sitting upstairs and we want this to happen? It's like power outages, too. Like, I've, I've been through so many power outages in, in, in any city you can imagine. And and, uh, and people just don't care. They're, they don't understand that this shit happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not like we went outside to the to the the thing and like pulled the handle down boom, turn off the power and we're like you know now we get the day off like we're not doing yeah. that but people think that that's what it is and then like you go in and you make an announcement to everybody it's like hey you know we're really sorry obviously the power went out blah 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 and everybody's like free popcorn free passes and it's like look we're gonna we're gonna get this resolved we're gonna take care of it but like let's pump the brakes you know a little bit you don't have to be a jerk to me I'm trying to fix this mm-hmm. you know but that's People don't get technology. They don't get that this shit just sort of happens. And they they just seem to get it into their head that this is all malicious, you know. They get so angry, yeah, when we have, or, um, I'm going to turn the light on because it's going to nerd. The, uh, like, uh, bank holidays. Mm. People get so mad. They're like, oh, I wish I had a cushy job like this. And they're like, you guys were close on Monday. Yeah. How dare Martin Luther King? You and know. those veterans. I know. They're veterans. They're great, except for on the day they yeah, get. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, yeah. it's like, ah. Oh. But um, people get upset about that. And um, disasters. Yeah, we've had to, let's see, um, all sorts of weird adventures. There was a, uh, the bank, when I, was, when I was a teller, the bank had a really screwed up parking lot, and it flooded. Mm. during you know how the summer here is you mm-hmm. get like these torrential downpours mm-hmm. or whatever and tornado so the parking lot was flooded no one could leave and we had a tornado warning so like everybody piled into the vault it was ridiculous so there was that um then whenever we've we had to I, the same bank that uh, when i was supervising or the branch um, we lost power and we're like, sorry, go to another branch. You know, we had to handwrite the note cause you can't print right. it. <laughs> and it's like, that should be your indication. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then I remember once this, this particular branch, I swear it was on some sort of like cursed land because, um, we had, we had to have some massive remediation done mm-hmm. in the basement. Okay. And so that caused some issues. And then at one point, before all, right before that, I think it was when the, the firefighters were here, there was like a smoke problem. There was some furnace or something. It caused smoke to fill the branch. So we had to close. Safe. Yeah, it was real healthy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was funny because we joked later because it was just all women there at the time. We're like, yeah, we did this on purpose so all the firemen would show up. Uh. <laughs> um, well, we had to close early and people were upset about that. And then, like, they would come back the next day and they were pissed off about it. Because um, yeah. you did it on purpose. It know? was intentional. Yeah, this, is totally. how, this is how I live my life. Just mm-hmm. destruction and mayhem everywhere. Uh, where's the other, the other thing that, that happened that really pissed people off? Credit cards being down suck. Oh, too. yeah. Because people, I don't carry cash on me. 
mm-hmm. uh, like hardly ever. Right. Um, so when credit cards go down at a business or whatever, it's super frustrating. And, it, and like, so it happens in my theater from time to time. Like the system will go down or whatever. We don't have ATM machines anymore either because oh, okay. so many people are just reliant on credit cards. So it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, like if it's if it's tickets, sometimes depending on the situation or whatever, if we just don't feel like. Uh, you know, we don't know what the timeline will be. We can be very generous, and we might let people just kind of skate in, you know, because I just I'm, – I'm a big believer in, like, I'll generally err on the side of, like, look, long term, I'd rather hold on to the customer. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take care of them. They'll remember this. They'll be like, oh, they take – you know, they just – they take care of us. Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, in the scheme of things, we're not really losing out on that much money if we hold on to that customer and they really remember that we did that for them. Mm-hmm. Now, on the concession side of things – it's like, uh, that's a little different because, yeah. like, what's to stop somebody? You're like, well, I want 14 burgers and a couple of, you know, Cokes or whatever. And so it's like, look, well, you're on us for the tickets, but, like, sorry on the other <laughs> side. You know? You're on your own. But people can get really, really worked up if they can't get their Coke, you know, or their Skittles. So, because that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, the What I had found is people also get upset um, if, like even small policy changes, mm-hmm. like there used to be signs on the door we had to institute because of, um, you know, robberies that were going on at the time. There was like a rash of them, mm-hmm. and so it was like no sunglasses and no hats, yeah, right. and you you can't have your hoodies up. People got upset about that, yeah. and it's interesting because people also got upset when we did actually catch people. I think twice over the the career with this one bank, um, I was the one who picked out that there was something wrong with this transaction mm-hmm. or this check. Mm-hmm. Like this is a fraudulent check. These are what they look like, or these are the people. Um, so people get you know when we had to close down the bank because we weren't getting held up, but there was someone who was part of a gang of people writing and cashing fraudulent checks. So we called the police in, and yeah. people were upset because, and I understand, you didn't go to the bank with the it's intent of being locked in yeah. and then having to give your account of someone you didn't even notice, yeah. you know? So I understand the frustration, and but when we had to close down the bank because of that, people got upset about it, and it's like, we're... Would how would you feel if you were the one right. whose account we're trying? They're trying to draw the yeah, check. Exactly, on? people are really uh, they they take a real issue sometimes with those policy changes or enforcement of policy. Like it as an example, you know, in my work, um, we don't allow like face mat like masks or face paint mm-hmm. or any, like you know because a lot of people like to dress up when there is a big event movie right. or whatever. But obviously, there's been events that have occurred in movie theaters that have created a a requirement of us to say like look you can't wear a mask like we need to be able to identify you and people are heavily resistant to that and they or we you know we don't even allow out like fake weapons or Mm -hmm. anything like that and people can get really really worked up about that and i I, look i get it because we're kind of deputy downers you know so to speak about that kind of thing but it's like look some of this there's a reason behind some of this stuff some of this is it's it's very important like outside like bags like you can't go to a concert and take a backpack in anymore Mm -hmm. you know you can't go to a movie theater uh for most companies and carry a backpack anymore and there's a reason behind that and it's all because we care about your safety but people don't they don't always get that because if it's an inconvenience then then thinking about all that other stuff kind of goes out the window because they just all they can think about is well I'm being inconvenienced right mm-hmm. now what I want is more important than all this other stuff so anyway 
on that note, mm-hmm. we are at like a minute seven or an hour seven. So okay. it went by really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think we'll, uh, we're we going to call an end to it right now. Okay. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on. This of was course. Really fun. This is fun. Yeah. I, really I have so many it. other stories if you want to talk about dance, the dance moms. Oh, you will be back on if you're willing. Oh, I'm willing. Excellent. I'm willing. All right. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and see you later. Bye. That's the podcast, folks. Please visit kiarpodcast.com. That's K-I-A-R podcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are going to be posted weekly on kiarpodcast.com, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. The views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guests and hosts and are not representative of any other organizations or individuals. If you or someone you know are interested in being a guest on Karen Isn't Always Right, please give us a visit at kiarpodcast.com and submit your interest on the Contact Us page as we'd love to have you. Thanks for joining us on Karen Isn't Always Right, and we'll see you next time.